0: Before I begin the podcast, I need to let you know that Stephen is working from his houseboat and the internet connection is not as good as it would be if he was working from his office, but this is times of COVID. Stick with us, the conversation is well worth it. Okay, so welcome to the Entrepreneur's Trust podcast. Now, the Entrepreneur's Trust is about the reality of the business journey. We don't look at how glamorous it is. We don't make it out to be some wonderful thing. We talk about the reality, how wonderful it is, but also the challenges that we're going through. And right now, the world is in pandemic, and it is affecting well. nobody's untouched by. it. And I wanted to focus my podcast on the challenges that entrepreneurs are going through in this time of pandemic. I'm delighted to have a really interesting character in Stephen Barker. Now, Stephen is the chief executive officer of the Creative Quarter in Nottingham. He's one of those guys that studied in Nottingham, and we we both live in Nottingham, but stayed. And he has a great deal of experience working around local government and regional government. He was the uh, communications and uh, government relations director for the Midlands Engine. That really brought about local authorities academics and businesses. And actually, we met on a mission to China a couple of years ago, and we went to one of the largest creative exhibitions in the city of Hangzhou. I'm delighted to have Stephen here. Now I bring Stephen here because not just because he's the chief executive of the Creative Quarter in Nottingham, because he has a great sense of what creative businesses are going through. And really I'm focusing on the creative businesses today in this podcast. So Stephen, thank you very much for coming on on board. Now I'm gonna let you say where you are in this call, because the word term on board is more than just a term today thanks for coming up on board on this podcast so can i start by asking you to introduce the creative quarter
1: sure thanks very much for having me actually it's a great pleasure to follow such luminaries such as steve hobbs and debbie Doudart.
0: <laughs> thank you
1: i'm stephen barker as you've said um i went to what was trent polly a very long time ago And I've worked on a number of interesting things in and around Nottingham. I worked on the tram when we built the first line, and I worked for the city council for quite a while. I was the director of communications there for a while, so it's interesting to see now. I remembered the other day that we did a lot of planning for a flu pandemic some years ago, and about six weeks ago, I walked through the offices at the council past my former colleagues, and I said, have you pulled out the flu pandemic planning books yet? Um, Because you're going to need them. And indeed, it all turns out to be true. Um, The Creative Quarter Company is an economic development agency, a small economic development agency. We are jointly owned by Nottingham City Council and Nottingham Trent University. And our purpose is to support and encourage the growth of Nottingham's creative economy. Um, And we do that via helping people to set up and to grow creative and digital businesses. We want to help businesses, creative and digital businesses, wherever they are in Nottingham. Um, but we also have a particular geographic focus, which is the Creative Quarter itself, which is that area of Nottingham for people who know it, and the Lace Market, Hockley, Bio City, through Slenton Market, up to Antenna. And that's a place where We want to support all businesses because we want to be the kind of place that creative and digital businesses want to locate the kind of place that the people that creative and digital businesses need to recruit want to work and therefore it's not enough that you've got funky offices with pool tables and free coffee you've got to have interesting things to go and do at lunchtime rough trade the guitar shop um, great places to eat things to do after work and a place that can be uh, a heart of a creative community and that all can also be a hub for the kind of creative activities and businesses that are going on. So at the moment in different circumstances, it's particularly interesting because obviously all a whole range of activities that were taking place in real life Um, need to be replicated virtually online or elsewhere. Some of those things can happen well and I'm pleased to say that we have managed to transition quite quickly on a number of fronts there. We've got our uh, business support program up and running in a way online already. We've added some additional content into that and we are um, engaging with businesses to help them understand what kind of support is available to them and depending on their particular circumstances coming out of government and other agencies.
0: I think the creative sector is something that we're all missing in pandemic right now. And it's really interesting, you know, we we take those things for granted, but you know, this isolation is affecting our ability to connect and and share good times with people. The creative sector is something that is a utility for us. But how do you feel that the creative sector is coping itself in this time?
1: I I don't want to generalise and nor can I be too specific because obviously it's harder to know. There are a whole lot of creative businesses that are actually quite easily transitioned to isolated working. In fact, there are a whole load of creative businesses that work in isolation anyway. And there are a spectrum of people involved in the creative industries. Um, some, At one end, people whose entire life and meaning is all about gregariousness and being part of the crowd and loud and noisy. But the creative industries also involve a lot of people who prefer to be focused and quiet and staring at their screen, concentrating on something and, not, and having a lot less contact with people. So actually, I've had conversations with people this week telling me that they're quite enjoying it that they are really cracking on, that they are finding that they're getting much more time to focus, they're finding that different kinds of work is coming out of the woodwork, but on the other hand, I'm finding people who are saying that they're lost in this situation and it's very difficult to transition their business and so many of the projects that they're working on are on hold and it's clear, it's really clear, that there is a massive challenge for a whole range of businesses to survive initially so i would imagine that for everybody i come across i think when we hear that thing that says we're all in it together i don't think that's true we're all in it in terms of whether or not we get the virus but actually our particular circumstances are often very different you you talked about me being um you know coming on board well that was because i live on a boat and i'm out on the canal to some extent slightly mobile they've asked us to stay still but i'm slightly mobile and i'm doing my own thing i'm here alone i've got a couple of friends down the way um and I'm doing my own thing. If I was in a house full of kids with a whole range of other responsibilities, kids who aren't in school anymore and need homeschooling, how would I be focused eight, 12 hours a day as I currently getting my business up and running online? So we're not all in the same boat. And I think there are those of us who have, because of our personal circumstances and the nature of the work we've got, been able to transition to online online um, meeting spaces, etc. cetera. For every one of those, there are probably eight or nine businesses that are finding it hard for whom the business model doesn't work, who perhaps didn't have sufficient business continuity planning in place, hadn't really thought about if it ever really happened like this, how would they transition their IT to work in the way that they would need it to. And that's and and, and, and I so I really don't want to underemphasize that. I think there's a whole load of businesses and business leaders who have gone very quiet. And I think that's because they're dealing with existential threats to their business.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think you make a, a, a wide range of points there. And yeah, some people are finding it uh, positive and good luck to them. Well done to them. And, you know, if you can get through this, you know, you're going to be so much stronger. And, but some of us, I'm at home with my kids and we've had to make new desk spaces for them. And, you know, they're, they're going through education remotely. And, and it's very interesting how we're all coping. And we're seeming to find a routine. But yeah, you couldn't have really planned for this, could you? I mean. That the way the pandemic's kind of come about, we were watching it in China and it's come over to Italy and then Spain and then Europe has reacted and we have here as well.
1: I don't know that that's, can I, can I dispute that a little bit?
0: You can, I, I want you to dispute it, tell me.
1: When I was at Trent Poly all those years ago, I was at the business school and there were things that you learned in the business school that you kind of think oh well surely everybody does those all of the time so you imagine that everybody's got six months cash in their business and it turns out as we're learning now that people have got a lot less cash in their business than that yeah um you assume that people have got some sort of business continuity plan Mm -hmm. in place because that's one of the things that you're meant to do and so when you say you couldn't have planned for this perhaps you couldn't have planned for the specifics of this Mm -hmm. but I I mean, I read something the other day, one of the councillors from the city council talking about Mm -hmm. taking on the responsibility for the emergency planning team and the first conversation that she had with them, and she expected it to be about flooding and things, and they said, well, no, 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 what we're really worried about is a flu pandemic. Mm -hmm. So I think there are organisations that have had this high on their lips for a while. We saw bird flu and we saw SARS and we saw the impact that happened in other places. Mm-hmm. And that, to some extent, is why the Asian countries that experience the full force of those have acted so fast and so hard this time. But as a business, as any business, yeah. ought to have some sort of plan for what happens if we can't access our premises mm-hmm. and nor can our staff come together in the same place. Can we do this remotely? If we can't do what we currently do remotely, what else could we do remotely? Now, for some businesses, of course, if you're running nightclubs, you can't run a nightclub remotely. But if you're doing what a lot of other businesses can do, so I mean, you know, when I came into this particular company, I walked in and I thought, oh my god, look at the mm-hmm. state of the IT. And I went and bought out and bought everybody Mac laptops and made sure that they, we did everything via Wi-Fi and put it all in the cloud. Yeah. And essentially, as far as our IT goes, at least for a reason, medium-term solution, all we had to do was pick our laptops up and walk out of the building remembering to take the time machine with us and Mm -hmm. we're small and we're agile anyway and we haven't got huge resources uh, resource implications and we haven't got the infrastructure of things we're not Mm -hmm. front with public facing in a way that means we've got lots of staff doing dangerous things or any of that so i'm not suggesting everybody can do that yeah but i think and i'm sure it will come off the back of this a lot more businesses will have better planning for this kind of contingency in the future.
0: I think you're absolutely right. I work with a lot of accelerators and I work with lots of entrepreneurs, and they are taught to believe that their business exists in a rational world. And I teach them how to deal with this irrationality. Um, And I think UK, Europe, we've had it good for a long time. And this will make it stronger over time. What are the key aspects that you think will come out of this for the creative sector? I mean the creative sector is built upon very optimistic view of the world. It's based upon, you know, the idealism that's within the creative person. But that's all changed now. How do you think that a creative person, that creative organization should frame themselves for the new realities that come
1: after this? I think when, when something you said in there, that's all changed now. I don't think we know how much it has changed yet. Um, and I don't, I w- you know, it wouldn't surprise me if we were all back to what felt like normal in two years. Some things will change, definitely. All of this use of technology and virtual meeting stuff will be in much greater use than it was before. Um, there's a guy, Rory Sutherland, who writes for The Spectator, has been saying for years now that this is the killer tech, not killer app technology, once somebody gets it to work properly or once people start to use it in sufficient numbers. You know, almost, or continually saying, why has it not taken off to the extent that it ought to? But you know what? It's also going to remind us how much we like leaving the house and going to work and how much we enjoy having a different set of people and a different set of things to worry about in a different place and that we enjoy the gap between the two. And the randomness of what happens on a journey to work so I'm keeping my counsel about how much I think things will be different. Lots of organizations are dealing with the crisis and the response. Some of us have to be kind of engaged in trying to maintain a sort of business as usual because there is another side to this and if there's no business as usual as well as crisis response then we'll go backwards rather than just stand still and it's not going to be easy for everybody to do that but those of us who can should. And if you think about what the business as usual was previously the business as usual was how are we going to reposition our business as not one of those businesses that is destroying the planet and there was a vast amount of work about to come through for creative businesses um with brand- i mean obviously it's a wide sector so from architecture to the visual arts um you're going to get a different perspective but Clearly there were interesting things coming along for architects about the kinds of buildings they were going to build and how they're going to build them, or whether they were going to build them. There were loads of interesting things coming along for graphic design people, lots of businesses wanting rebranding propositions, needing to make sure that they were positioning themselves in a way that didn't alienate Gen Zers, Zoomers, however we would like to call them, let alone millennials. And all of that stuff is absolutely still there. It's still there. The climate challenge isn't going to go away. Um, even if we get a temporary dip in emissions now even if it's visible from space but so all of those things will still be there and so there are well clearly coming off the back of this for a whole range of creative businesses there will be significant opportunities because there is going to be a change to a way in which lots of things happen and a change to a lot of the storytelling that people want to do and a change to or a need for a refreshment of all sorts of things. And the agile, creative mind, rather than creative business, perhaps, in that environment will have an opportunity to succeed. Um, at the same time, that changed environment might result in the business plans of some business businesses looking particularly outmoded.
0: I want to pick up on the agile mind. And right now, let's focus on, just for a moment, what that creative uh, leader, the entrepreneur, the colleague in the sector, how could they prepare themselves for the next few weeks because we don't know how long this is going on for uh, i mean trump is talking about you know he wants us back in easter we've got this isolation for a couple of weeks i don't see it's going to happen for a couple of weeks i think it's going to be a lot longer oh god definitely it, and you, you talked about leadership and you know it's really interesting that the leaders that are actually taking us through this are the ones that are facing reality and they you, they've got their scientists next to them they've got this you know the support of data rather than those living in their own fantasy land so so what does that look like what does that look like for you what is the glue of the team and that cultural aspect of leadership look like for you
1: you know what you just said something there actually your question about coming back to governor cuomo what can people do number one retain your sense of humor the guy has this harshest and starkest challenge but he is being funny as he talks of not just as a meeting space but as a just kind of hanging out with my colleagues space um i think one of the most important things that we do each day with each other when we go to work is make each other laugh just little laughs not belly laughs but we need all of that stuff funny things happen funny things crop up and um so i think that's the, the number one thing that an agile creative mind or leader or anybody in any business is retain your optimism and retain your humor in so much as you can because it's a core fundamental human Proposition—it's a—it's so key. But I think um, more, if you like, structurally, um, at the moment, if we talk about the very immediate moment, and if we call this—I don't know—I call this. This is our week two. It's Boris Johnson's week one. But we've been. This is our full. We've been out for full two week, two full weeks already, working from home. Um, the, I think we are moving from the response phase into the. Um, Let's look for progress phase. We put a whole bunch of things in place that got us up and running quickly. We made sure we were still present in our particular market. We've added some new activity. We've tried to be supportive of other people. And we're now looking at right, okay, what's the new normal? And I think that's part of what you have to do. You have to get to the what you have to identify what your new normal is quite quickly. And so I think in this immediate phase, and if, the, if people are, haven't managed to achieve it yet, the focus has to be on the glue of the team. And that's more important than the productivity of the team in that immediate phase.
0: Yeah. So what does that look like? What does that look like for you? What does the glue of the team and the, that cultural aspect of leadership look like for you?
1: It actually, you know, there's um, I probably haven't got it available to pull up. One of the guys from Chronify wrote a post about working from home after the novelty has worn off. And he's got half a dozen recommendations there and it's you know over communicate a schedule of regular things so you know we, we meet at nine forty-five every morning we meet at four forty-five every evening we talk about the work we're doing and we also talk about whatever else we want to talk about we've got a, a range of people we're lucky we've got um, p- we have got people who have got significant responsibilities but we you know we've only got one child between us um, we've uh, we, there are some elderly elderly parents and things but we're not swamped with that people are able to focus on their work but at the same time some of us are um to- living alone and that's a, an additional challenge um so you know you, with a large part of that conversation is about making sure that welfare is prioritized and all of the things that you try to do as a leader if that's the right word in terms of recognizing when you're managing people normally that we're not all the same type of person and some people need encouragement and some people need to be Pointed in the direction of the North Star and saying, "Come on, let's go." And some people are saying to you, "Come on, drive me harder." And some people are saying, "Hang on a minute, where are we going?" And you've got to temp, you know, adjust your approach to each of those people and the circumstances. That's just massively elevated now in this period. I think there are some things. I don't know if um, if anybody had the chance to see the Creative Mornings Derby. Um, watch party this morning that was um, Matt Davis talking about branding in this particular context and all of that but I mean he was talking about branding but only in the way that branding is about everything and I I actually I I lost the signal for a moment so I may have missed one of his points I'm going to go back and look at it later but he you know these are the things that now is the time to think about Um, revisit your vision and purpose I said at the beginning what the creative quarter is The Creative Quarter Company, an economic development agency that does these things. Well no, actually that's what it was. What is it now, in this moment? It may come to be that thing again in the future, but what is it now? Why do we exist currently? We're going to have a conversation as a team about this on Monday. Why do we exist currently? We're going to revisit our definition of our purpose for now. Talk about what our values ought to be at this moment. Think about who we are serving in this moment and then Do some things, and I think we've been doing these already, that get us ahead a little bit. That are that business-as-usual stuff. Enable other people to come with us. Be an organisation that's leading in this space, yeah? And that brings me back to the optimism and things as well. We need so many things being cancelled and turned off and not happening. and We need things that are going to happen. We need events that are not being cancelled, they're being rescheduled. I just got, um, it was a super customer service experience from Megabus, Megatrain. Um, I just got redemption codes for a couple of train rides I was supposed to take today and next Monday. They're valid until March 2021. Yeah, that's great. I'm going to be on those trains. That confidence comes with that. And I think then you also talked about context of, is now a time for competition or is it an increased time for collaboration? It's now a time to be looking for others to partner up with. I think he's probably right. It probably is. He, he, he used a catchphrase earlier in the week. He said, keep calm and carry on digitally. I've got a few things that I would add to that, if I may.
0: I think you've made some really strong points there. And I, and I just want to delve deeper in some of those points. I think the idea of collaboration is, is a really essential one. And I'm finding, I don't know if you are, that people are much more open to actually having a conversation about doing stuff. Whereas before there was a fog in between, you know, whereas now they're actually more willing to do stuff that matters. And I think we need to engender that desire to collaborate right now. And then beyond that, we need to be able, be more willing to collaborate. So what's your thoughts on the, the way to collaborate? I think the question is how to be social, how to
1: be usefully social and professional in these times. Well, I hadn't set you up to ask this question, but I'm going to take it as an opportunity to pitch one of our products. Obviously, because you know, this is a point at which you know perhaps we are all in it together. Um, what a great time to find people who share your values and want to work on the same kind of projects as you. They possibly have the bandwidth to be talking to you. They have possibly lost other projects that were totally dominating their focus. They're, like you perhaps looking away looking around at ways to diversify they're the kind of people that will find work for you and that you will find work for and we've got um i mean this is not a response to the virus but we created cq finder on our website uh, back in october as a platform for nottingham's creative and digital businesses to promote themselves to be available to customers and also to find others to work with and to collaborate with. And so, if I'm looking for a freelance copywriter and I want it to be somebody who's based in Nottingham because I want to keep the cash in the Nottingham economy, and that will be even more important moving forward, I can go to CQ Finder and I can search for those criteria and I'll come up with a list of local copywriters and I can speak to them and see if I can give them some work. I can always also go on there to advertise jobs or collaboration opportunities. Perhaps property not at the moment so much, but it's there. And then all of those things are in there and I think that's the... you never know who it is that you're going to collaborate with. And if you go out fishing, you're not necessarily going to find somebody. You've got to be a bit it. You've got to put yourself back there so that people find this, what kind of business you're wanting and will help you find it. Similarly, hopefully it will help people find you.
0: Can I just actually just... The broadband just dropped out a little bit because it's that busy time and I'm not going to edit that out because I, I want this to be as it is. Just the, the last point you made about the, um, how you can use the system that you talked about—it's
1: much better. Actually, I know you're not editing now, so I'll tell you this story. My uncle um, presents a rock and roll show on BBC Southwest.
0: Okay, okay, listener, watch out. There's an advert coming.
1: Well, actually, it's not because, um, as a result of the virus and BBC local radio going fully live and local twenty-four-seven, his show's been suspended for a while. But he records that program live, start to finish plays all the records, listens to the records, sings along to some of the records. He knows exactly how long the show has got to be and he leaves all the mistakes in. And I, and I learned from him. The point I was making was that you can use CQ Finder to present yourself, be available for customers, um, you have There are two things you have to do. Obviously, if you go looking for a business, you can use it to find the business or individual that you're looking to collaborate with. But actually, it's just as important that you're present there so people can find you. It's not easy to find people necessarily, not least when people have moved around and you can't just walk into the old angel and say, is anybody making websites this week? Um, so you've got to make yourself available. You've got to do all of the things that you can to be present and take every opportunity that is out there to promote yourself or to, or to be available to customers.
0: I think that there's some really interesting points there. For, for the listener who's not in Nottingham, there are lots of initiatives popping around all over the webosphere, offering opportunities to connect and be involved. And I urge people to get involved with those because if you're visible now, you are going to be so much more visible when we get through this. If you're present now and being making yourself available to share, then when we're connecting back in the real world, that's where people will say, hey, you're that guy or you're that girl that I've been talking to online for the past week or two weeks and I've finally met you. Isn't this wonderful? And I think we've got to remain optimistic i think it's a really really important thing you said there you've got to remain optimistic but we've got to be be out there willing to connect and not fishing i think i'm i'm taking the stand not to go out and sell to sell hard i'm not going out to close deals i'm going out knowing that to make friends to be available and to share uh, and just to support because i think that's the most important thing we do I, i mean i get regular emails from a couple of organizations some large corporates wanted to sell me stuff every single day and i don't know what reality they're living in all they're really interested in is selling whereas what they should be doing now is take an interest in the customer and the experiences that they're going through because i know they're going through the same thing i would rather them tell me what changes they're making you know how they're having to adapt there was an italian a clothing manufacturer no it was a german company it was on the news and instead of making fashion clothes they were bait they were just making face masks and he said look it's not what i want to do necessarily you know and the margins are really poor but right now the country's under threat i got to keep my company working and I'm, I'm proud of the fact that we're doing this and i thought what a great story what a great organization and if i ever saw his clothes available in a store when i go to europe i'm going to take them a bit more seriously i'm going to think now that's a brand yeah that that's the story of an organization he's looking after the people and i think i i, I would really welcome your your comments on on what we can do to actually be available and be useful
1: well i'm not gonna i don't think i can answer that question because i think it's different to everybody's circumstances People have to work out what their own versions of available is.
0: but you see a, a, a you know you, you have a better view of uh, the range of creative businesses that I do just because of your your position so you know I guess it's very difficult for the restaurant and bar to be at all available I mean that it's very
1: it's it's very difficult for the digital agency whose clients have all stopped what they're doing yeah it's very difficult for the architects whose construction projects have all gone on hold mm-hmm. it's very difficult for all the visual artists and other kinds of artists who've no longer got those commissions. For a whole range of institutions and organizations, it's really difficult. And a a number will clearly not survive. Um, Well, hopefully, you know, not too large a number, but we're never going to get, as Rishi Sunak said yesterday, we can't help all businesses. Not everybody will get help and some people will find that too tough. I think, um, I know we're going to conclude soon, aren't we? Because we're nearly up to our time. So I, I don't know, I'm sure most of your listeners, readers of Seth Godin's daily email anyway, that um, they might have missed yesterday's. Because he said yesterday, is everything going to be okay? That was what his email was called. And I think that was a really useful place to, with a conversation like this, to finish up on almost. But what he was saying was, you know, is everything going to be how it was and how you expected it to be? Well, no, it's not. And you know what? The answer to that has always been no. It was never going to be how you expected it to be because things always change. And he said, if you mean, is everything going to be the way it's going to be? then, yeah, things are going to be as they are. Um, And if we define that whatever happens is okay, then that's what things will be. We've got to think about whatever the future is as it will be okay. Now, there might be calamity between the position now and that future okayness, but that's where the opportunity, the optimism stays in the story there will be different things for people to do there will be an emergence from this he'd been sitting here at the start of you know late in 1939 or early in 1940 could you have imagined the 1960s and what was going on then we have to hold the notion that this is a temporary this is a blip a hiatus a lacuna it's not a trough a slump it's not free fall it's something we're going to get through and we're going to come out the other side and so he says given that everything is going to be the way it's going to be we actually only left with kind of one useful question which is what are you going to do about it? and that's the challenge faced these leaders and businesses and everybody else is spot on your circumstances now are what they are what you face is varying as we've said between optimism because things are actually quite good at the moment oddly or calamity because circumstances couldn't be worse but there is a future beyond that and whatever the all circumstances are, what are you going to do about it? Because you can watch the chancellor every day saying, here's a support for this group and here's support for this group. But in reality, it comes down to ourselves to say, what journey are we going to take this organization on or this individual on or ourselves on? What are we going to do about it?
0: I think that's really fitting words to conclude this conversation. I must admit, this is not the easiest of um, conversations I've had on a podcast because we are talking about things, organizations uh, that are going through difficult times. But I I like the fact that you've dealt with that reality. And I think your closing remarks are really, really important. It's now up to us. It's now up to us to make the change, to adapt, to get through this, because if we can do it, then it's up to us to take the opportunities forward. And it's up to nobody else. We should not wait for government. We should not wait for ministers, for funding and grants, we have to get the hell on with it ourselves. So I'm going to give you the last word, Stephen. But before I do that, I just want to say thank you to the listener for getting through this. Uh, Stephen is in his wonderful house, but he's got a beautiful view behind him and he's got a different, he hasn't got the same internet connectivity that he would have if he was in a home, but he wouldn't have the views that he would have if he was in his home. So from a a beautiful sunny day by the lakeside, I really thank you for taking the time out today to share your thoughts and and actually be open about the realities that you're facing, and that's been really helpful for me too. So the last point, Stephen, give us something to be optimistic about.
1: I'd like to invite people to join us at our time lockdown that we're doing every day um, at one o'clock on zoom come to the cq website to find out about that creativequarter.com an opportunity to do a lot of this stuff for creatives and others to connect and to hear from somebody that's got something useful or interesting to say particularly relevant at this particular point in time Um, i'd like to extend that welcome to your listeners and i hope that i will see some of them join us
0: thank you very much Stephen, from the entrepreneurs trust podcast i wish you a great day all the best